How's everybody doing? You guys enjoying summer? It's, it, yeah, it is a little hot. I have to use my laptop when you have four children and an iPad. Inevitably, something breaks and something broke, so we got our backup plan. So before we get going very far into this message today, I've already warned this person that this is going to happen. She couldn't escape it, but it is Carrie's birthday today. On to the same. So happy birthday, sweetie. So yes, she's... Carrie is my wife. Yes, yeah, sorry, thank you. Okay, so those who don't know me, those online, Carrie is my, it's not some random, yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> Carrie is my wife. Yeah, so I like the, the laughing and the humor we have. Let's kind of keep that going today. This is relaxed. We're going to be looking at service and mercy. I initially thought that this was just going to be a walk in the park. You know, hey, we kind of got some notes. I'm really good at one of these. I'm not really good at another one. Who just left? And um, which we'll discover shortly. I'm sure most of you can figure that one out already. But, but as, I, as I prepped for this and as I was looking at them, and it's come out in Kat's word, what Marco just said, even in our worship time, there are two things I wanted to just cover before we get actually into service. And let's read Romans 12:3, And we'll start there first. So, for by the grace given me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned you. So we cannot lose sight as we are looking at these gifts, as you do your assessment, as you think about them, of the one who gave us the gift. Right? That's who it's all about. If we lose sight of that, well, the gift can be used, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, from a fleshly side. But if we lose sight of Jesus in this, there's no honor going back to him, right? We have to see Jesus, not just the gifts. And all the gifts are, all the gifts are different aspects of Jesus. Marco took my thunder. I was so hoping that that was my own revelation, but clearly he got it as well. Well done. Is that we all possess all those gifts, yeah. right? It's not like if you scored a zero on one of them, don't put your hands up, but I'm, that would be a concern to me. Because if you're following Jesus, we should not... There should be none of them should have a zero, right? We should have varying degrees of what they all are. And that leads me into the second point. Let's look at, we're just going to continue on. Romans 12.4 says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. You want to put up the next slide for me, Steve? So... This is the body, obviously, so we're going to use a direct, yeah, very good picture. So the brain can't be the spleen even if the brain wants to be, right? It has to function as the brain, right, no matter what it wants to do. But if one of those also decides not to function as part of the body, well, then you don't have the whole picture working, right? That's this. So if we apply this to our lives, all these gifts operate in all of our lives, like I said, in varying degrees. But if we look at a church community... All of them function in varying degrees in, in what my skill set is, what Marco's is, what Carrie's is, but we have to work together. So it was a great picture. See, Patty came up and gave a word. We have the worship team. Kat's leading, preaching now. It's a, we all have different skills. We all have different gifts, and we all have to operate accordingly. Now, as I was thinking a little bit more about this, I was trying to figure out, hey, there's got to be a way that I can, we can get a picture to describe this a little bit more. And so most of us know Marco well. We know his South African side. 
We're going to look at his Italian side for just one moment. This is Marco's favorite food. It's Chicago-style deep dish pizza. And so, so yes. So this is, if you want, Marco's good at making this. No, this is a little inside joke. But, so, but it's the same thing. Honestly, when I was thinking through this one body, this image did come to mind, funny enough. And deep dish pizza, you can have different varying degrees of styles. You can see all the different versions there. But you don't have deep dish pizza if you don't have all those things. So if you took away the sauce, well, you don't have it, right? You just have a pie that's sauceless, right? If you took away the cheese and you kept the sauce, you still don't have a deep dish pizza, right? You have to have all the pieces in their varying degrees. You can't have a cup of salt. You have to have whatever the ingredients is, a teaspoon of salt. And that's the point, is that we all have the gifts in varying degrees, and we need to strengthen the ones we need to strengthen, and we mustn't lose sight of Jesus in the ones that we have that we are really strong with, right? So with that, we're going to go into service and mercy. I just wanted to set the stage with that. Let me pray, and then we'll get started. Lord, we just say thank you again that we have the opportunity to look at your word, look at you, actually, Jesus. As we look at these gifts, all of them, the one that has uh, Ryan said last week, prophecy, and as we go through all the rest of them, Jesus, we're looking at you, and I ask that you speak to each and every one of us as we look at these gifts, no matter how practical or spiritual they may be, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So yes, has everybody done the assessment, or again, like Marco or Kat said, let's not hold ourselves to that that's all you've got. If you score really high in one, well then that's great, let's try and work on the ones we're not really strong at. So I did the assessment, service is my number one I'd score an 18 out of, I think it's 18, whatever it is, on this assessment. Just, and even if I didn't do the assessment, my wife would tell you immediately, I'm service, 100%. My love language to give is acts of service, right? And this is not what my wife receives as a love language. <laughs> so I can clean the whole house, and she's like, all right. It still doesn't mean anything, right? <laughs> my lowest is mercy, right? I'm less than 50% on this. I'm at like a 7, right? So it doesn't mean I'm not merciful, and it doesn't mean I'm not compassionate. I love Mark, so there is some level of mercy <laughs> and compassion in my heart, right? But it's just not my default go-to. What's interesting is that's Carrie's number one. And Carrie's love language to receive is quality time. So you can see the interesting dynamics sometimes that like it seems, uh, sometimes happen in our household. Look at all the stuff that I've done. Yeah, but I just want you to spend time with me. Uh, okay. That's right, look at all the stuff I've done. And I'm like, well, why can we spend time doing stuff while I'm doing all this? Oh, okay, let's spend time and watch movies or whatever Carrie would like. And I don't say that begrudgingly. It's just been interesting. And as we go through service and mercy, I'll show you how we can work together. And we are actually a very powerful team when it comes to service and mercy, which I'll speak to a little bit later. But yeah, service is my number one strength. That's, I do that naturally. It's what I do. We run a business based on that, and we'll get to that here shortly. So what I want to do is I'm going to break down service, and we're going to look at some different aspects with it. We're going to look at mercy, and we're going to look at some of what the weaknesses are of both of those groups, because both of those groups have some weaknesses that can greatly railroad your life if you're not aware of them. But let's start. We're going to go back to Romans. We're going to go back to Romans 12. We're going to read 6 to 7. Here we go. Having these gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, it was given to us, let us Use them if it's prophecy in proportion to your faith, if it's service in your serving. So what we'll notice, and I don't have slides for every point that I'm going to make or every scripture that I'm going to read. Relax, it's going to be okay. Don't look back at the Steves. 
it's going to be all right. Okay? They know what they're doing. But what I love about these gifts is that you have to use them. So service in your serving. If you're not serving, well, then you're not using service, correct? And I, as we look at this, this is where my mind struggled for a little while to figure, figure out how to separate it. And that's when I realized, oh, you can't actually separate these gifts, really. Is every one of the gifts is actually service. If you're bringing a prophetic word, you're actually serving, right? If you're in worship, you're serving. If you're doing leadership, if you're teaching, if you're being generous, every single one of those things is an act of service. We're also going to look, though, that this is actually also acts of service physically, practically, such as setting out chairs, painting a building, whatever those might be. So by definition, service is getting involved in practical tasks that simply need to be done. Here's a quote. When people operate in this gift, they will see gaps that need filling and step up to the plate to use the resources available, often their own energy and time, to fill the gaps and help accomplish the desired goal. We, I'm going to talk as a we because this is my, my thing, we get a lot of satisfaction out of serving, seeing a job go from nothing to something, right? It's a, it's a wonderfully satisfying thing to be able to see that happen. If you define the word service in the Greek, it's actually almost identical to the word where we get deacon from. Like, they're almost all the same, right? So the office of a deacon, this word service as defined from Romans means that. It's, a, it's an administrational office in the church to get stuff done. One of the other meetings was those by whom the command of God is to proclaim and promote Christ among men, right? So this is an act. It's a doing. We're serving in all the little aspects, but also practically. This is a practical gift that also has a very spiritual side to it. Some of the places we find it is Luke 10. This is a great one. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. That word serve is that exact same word serve here in Romans. Leave this one up for a little bit. I love this because it shows a great picture of a lot of the strengths and a lot of the weaknesses of serving. And we'll touch a little bit more on the weaknesses as well. But just while we're looking at it, the fourth word is a really big one. But Martha was distracted. So I'm a, I'm a very... I'm a very task-oriented person. This is why, yeah. So Carrie's, I'll back up. Carrie's very mercy. So if we see people that are struggling, my brain immediately goes, what tasks do I need to do to facilitate that issue? Where Carrie's like, let's just love the people, right? So together we work really, really well, but my, my brain immediately goes to the mission. Let's just get it sorted. Where Carrie goes, let's love the people, right? So Martha was distracted with serving while Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, Often serving-minded people lose sight of what it's all about. We can very quickly, and that's Jesus. We have to stay the course with him. Here's another example. Acts 6. But we will devote ourselves to prayer, the ministry of the word. This word ministry is exactly the same word as serve that we see here in Romans. In Ephesians 4, to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. So Acts 6 is where the, you know, the group of people were being overlooked in the serving of food. And the apostles were like, hey, pick seven people, seven men among you, that they can help serve that group of people while we spend our time serving through the ministry of the word. Ministry being the same word as serve. So you can see there's a very practical side, physically setting up chairs, physically doing stuff that needs to physically be done, 
And service also has an extremely spiritual side to it as well. All of it needs to happen together. Mark 10 speaks of, is, is Jesus when he says, For even the Son of Man came to serve, came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom. And like we started about with point one, which was we can't lose sight of the gift giver. This is what it's about. Jesus came to serve and not be served. And so we need to, as we live our lives, if this is a strength of yours, we are here to serve others in all the different capacities that we do, practical and spiritual. Often these people, so service-minded people, if we're thinking about what they look like, they're happy to serve in the background without being noticed. And I say that that's the, in my mind, that's probably the end goal. I had to work through a lot of issues of pride and self-worth to realize that I don't get the credit for it. So God decided to let me open up a business where I'm a, we, I run a virtual assisting business where I do work for people, let those people get all the glory and I get none of it. <laughs> right? That's what's all. Thanks. Thanks. For, and, it, yet, and, it's, and it's been a big wrestle. You're like, yeah, but I, it's, okay. But that's the point. We're not the ones meant to get the glory. Most often, these are the people who do not need to be asked to volunteer. They're just going to they're just going to do it and get it done. They see a gap, let's get it done. We see a gap, let's get it done. And there are weaknesses with that, which we'll get to. They're doers. They put their head down. They just get the work done. Whatever's in their way, they just get it done. These people work really, really well with the gift of leadership. Like there's a task to be done, and there's leadership working, and they say, hey, this is the target. The servers get, get to well, serve. Yes, well done. Their service often creates ways for others to succeed, like I just said. Gift of service has to be done. Again, we run a virtual administrative business. What we do is all the stuff nobody wants to do for their business, but if you don't do it for your business, you won't have a business. So same with the serving. If, if Charlie didn't meticulously measure out and lay out all these chairs, you all would be sitting on the floor right now. Right? Right, or we'd all be running around figuring out how to do this right now before the service started. So service has to happen. We have to practically serve in different areas, whether that's in kids or whatever the areas are that God is laying on your heart to do. In Matthew 21, there's this, this account of where, and I'll summarize, where Jesus sends out his disciples to go get the donkey, right? So he gives them a command of what he needs to do, and they go out to serve Christ. Now, when Jesus is entering the city, and there he's shouting, Hosanna, they're not praising any of the disciples who went and got the donkey, or the lady who had the donkey, or the people who fed the donkey, and there's nothing to do with that. They're praising one person, and that's Jesus. And that's the point of the gifts, is that it's all about Jesus. We are making him, we are glorifying him. It's all about him. He needs to get the glory. All righty. So we've heard, this, was, this side was very easy for me to prepare, Right? The next side took, me, took a little bit of energy because I'm not, I am an empathetic person. It was so hard to say that I'm not empathetic. I do actually care about people's loves and desires and wants and hearts that are broken and stuff, but it's not my natural. Like I said, I don't default to thinking mercy. I'm probably not a very merciful person. Well, my kids probably will tell you I'm quite merciful. And yes, but otherwise, it's just not who I naturally am. But let's take a look at mercy. We're going to read verse 8 here. 
in Romans. The one who exhorts in exhortation, the one who contributes generously, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who acts of mercy, does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Again, it's notice acts of mercy, right? You have to be doing it. It's a doing word. Showing You can't say you're the most merciful person and do nothing about it, especially in the world that we live in now. What I love about the cheerfulness, for me, I was like, that is the most random thing to put here. It is also the only time that that word, as it's defined, is ever used in the entire New Testament, is here. And it means with cheerfulness or readiness of mind. For me, what it was, was a challenge that mercy... Cheerfulness, it shows and speaks of a heart condition. We can't be showing merciful acts to people out of wanting to get glory for it, out of, hey, I just need to do it, out of the social systems that the world has thrown at us. We show mercy because we first had mercy shown to us. Mercy's definition is showing compassion, empathy, and kindness to others, particularly those in need. One of the commentaries says this, Such workers of mercy were to give their work full effect by a spirit of cheerful and cheering kindness as those who have known the kindness of God. Again, it's just such a great picture of how you can't begin to really start separating these gifts too much. Right? So even if my gift of mercy is lower than all my other ones, I am still a compassionate, loving person, and I still serve out of that place. I sometimes can get lost in the task, like going on this row attend trip. Carrie and I were coming to a different plane and say, how can we take a suitcase? How can we leave stuff there? How can we bless those less fortunate? And I actually initiated some of that. I was like, hey, I am merciful. That's amazing. <laughs> this message is working. It was actually my idea. My wife was like, hey, did you just come up with that? So yeah. Often these people are, so of all the gifts, these ones are often, mercy is often the most people-centric gift out of the ones mentioned. They're most focused on the individual person. And I say this from 100% knowing, knowing this to be true. Just so, before we think or mistakenly think that this gift is all about being soft and slushy and trampled all over, we need to know that the people who have this as one of their strongest gifts, my wife, often are often gifted by God to defend the cause of the defenseless and stand up for those who cannot stand up for themselves. And then I wrote, and I underlined it in red, and I highlighted it in orange, firecrackers. <laughs> when my wife wants to help the helpless, we help the helpless. This is the end. Yeah. Right? If she's dedicated on loving a certain group of people, she's loving those group of people. And again, we'll talk about it in a little bit. There is a weakness that's involved in that that one has to be mindful of. Places this word is found. We'll go to Matthew 9. You know, Jesus is walking. There's two blind men. They cry outside out loud, Lord, have mercy on us. That word mercy is obviously the word mercy, right? We're going to go to 1 Timothy. It says, but I received mercy because I, because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of the Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. We have received mercy. 1, 1 Peter 2.10, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you were, had not received mercy, but now we have received mercy. Because we've received mercy, that needs to be the mercy we're showing. Right? Jesus loved us first. Now we can love others. Matthew 9.36 this mercy is also used 
often in the word of compassion. So, right, he had compassion on a group of people. Matthew 15, he had compassion on those. That Matthew 15 is in the thing of where he's talking about feeding the four and the 5,000. It says, Jesus called the disciples and said, I have compassion on the crowd because they've been with me now for three days. One of the key factors, and my wife is so good at this, with people, and you can see it in these, these examples, people who have mercy, they are willing to allow their days to often be disrupted by other people's needs. But I don't do that well, especially if the task isn't done. If the task is done, oh, sweet, before the next one starts, you've got a window. But people who show mercy are often very easily able to have their day interrupted to, to see to that need and that person. And if you look at those accounts of Jesus, that's what you see. We'll go to Matthew 15. This is the example of the Canaanite woman, right? So first of all, it's a Canaanite woman. And in this account, you see Jesus talks about coming to only the house of Israel. So Jesus is not interacting with someone that necessarily Jewish people wouldn't be interacting with, right? And he says in verse 22, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. This is what this lady is crying out. Jesus allowed his day to be, dis, to be interrupted, to stop from what he was actually doing, where he was leaving, where he was going, to see to this lady's needs, right? It was her faith and Jesus' mercy at the end that she received healing. There's that other account where Jesus is in the home. Can you imagine this happening here? We're preaching, he's teaching, and all of a sudden panels come off the roof and a guy gets lowered through the floor. So I'm a service-minded person. We, I would administrate that to the side and send the right people to there, and we would continue on. But Jesus, being mercy-driven, caring about the person, stops and addresses that issue, loves on that person. In Matthew 20, we see this is the blind man. It says that Jesus was passing by, and they were cried out, Lord, have mercy on me. And what did the crowd do? They acted like Tim would and rebuked them and told them to be quiet, let Jesus just pass on by. But they kept on going. Verse 34, and he had pity on them. That is the same word as mercy. And he touched their eyes, and immediately they recovered their sight, and they followed him. So Jesus took the time to allow his day to be disrupted by the needs of others. He was wise in what he did, and we'll look at that in a second, but he allowed his day to still be disrupted. And that, for me, is very challenging, especially in this day and age, because all we want to do is get from point A to point B and get what we need to get done. done. But we need to, I need to, I need to grow in this area of empathy and mercy and compassion and allow my day to be disrupted, not just in a way of, oh, how can I now administrate this need, but to stop and love on that person. The need still needs to be administrated, and that can happen, but love on the person. Yeah, so people who carry this gift are very compassionate, empathetic. They generally allow themselves to be interrupted by the pain and suffering of others. They feel people's pain, and they're able to put, them, put themselves in others' shoes right? So now I did mention this. With my gift of service and Carrie's high gift of mercy, we actually do make a really, really good team together, especially when Carrie notices a need that needs to be done. I naturally have a solution to administrate that, and together we can work well as a team, and that's the point. That's why it's one body, and that's why the members actually belong to one another. So my gift technically isn't mine. It belongs to all of y'all and vice versa. And so as a team, we can administrate and do all these different things in areas that God is calling us to do, but we have to work together. Every act of service and every act of mercy is an opportunity for Jesus to be made great. Now, we've been looking at this gifted series talking about superpowers. One thing 
all of us know is that every superpower, every superhero has a supervillain all the time. And this series and us are, we, we all do as well, and that is ourselves, right? That's our flesh. That's who we are. I just want to look at some of the weaknesses and just challenge us to, hey, think differently or watch out for or help others that are struggling. So me being a service-minded person, like we talked about in Luke 10, Mary and Martha, I, I can get caught up very quickly in just getting tasks done and miss a moment to sit at Jesus' feet and just spend time with him. Even my quiet time is administratively laid out. It's ridiculous. It's so irritating. It, I mean, there is some order in it which helps my mind, but like if I don't do this before this, that, there's a problem. But maybe God wants to use or do that in that way. So one of the big weaknesses for, service, for people who run with acts of service is that we miss what Jesus wants to do in order to get the task done. The task is a godly task. Make Christ, know Christ and make him known. We've got to make him known. So there is service work involved, but we've got to know him. And I'm very good at, I'm very good at the going out. I need, to, I need to slow down and sit down and just relax and receive from him. I've been challenged by some of the guys in this room. Ryan has helped me a lot with this, and actually Mr. Levy has, has well... You have to create gaps for others to fill. So I'm really good at not creating gaps because I'm always serving. And I really struggle seeing a gap and not seeing it done or seeing it done according to my standard of excellence. And it freaks me out, so I just jump in and do it. And then no one else is being raised up. So people who are very good at service, doing the acts of service, struggle to create gaps. And it's been hard sometimes in the life of the church for me to go, I'm not going to that staff meeting. I'm not going to pick that thing up. And you can see it's causing friction and frustration. And then all of a sudden, it's filled with three other people. And now you've got a whole team doing it. And you're like, oh, I should have done that a long time ago. Right? I'm also really good. And people who do service generally find themselves to be really good at being a lone wolf. Because I know I can get it done faster than if you help me. Because if you help me, then I'm going to redo what you've done. Because it's not the way I wanted it done <laughs> to begin with. So don't come and help me. Let me just get it all done. Right? I'll do it. But in doing that, we spread ourselves way too thin. And that leads to burnout. Also, and this is, I'm admitting this in front of all of you, we're also very judgmental when it comes to others who do not serve as well, do not serve as hard, what we would consider to be hard, do not put their hand up to volunteer. We're very good at judging those and going, mm, they're not saved. <laughs> right? I'm doing this. I mean, Mark Batten is serving in the children's ministry. I'll just let that challenge all of us here, right? I mean, if he ain't serving, he's at least in... Easy though. Oh, oh, easy though. Okay, we're going to leave that one there. And this happens with every single gift, but it's worth mentioning. Service-minded people also find worth in their accomplished task, not an unaccomplished task, which is not right. This is a weakness. We have to find purpose and worth in who we're doing it for, and if it doesn't work out exactly the way we want, or as fast, or how, it's okay. Just relax. Mercy people are trying to save the entire world, all at the same time, right? And it's just not possible. And in doing that, sometimes we, they can, and I interviewed my wife for this. I'm not saying every word of this is hers, but she gave me a lot of good points. In trying to save the whole world, we can get caught or misguided or directed into where we need to be putting our energy, right? We have to hear where God wants us to put our energy. They're also very good at bearing the entire burden of the world on their shoulders, which always leads to emotional burnout, right? They carry, tend to carry people's pain. 
I would also have to say, in the, my wife didn't tell me this, but in watching my wife's journey just through this, coming from South Africa, where you see, where you can be merciful without even trying, it's just what you see around, to an area where it doesn't look like it, Carrie carried a lot of guilt because she didn't feel like she was doing enough, right? Mercy doesn't have to look like we always think it does. It could be that phone call or that compassionate hug or that loving handwritten note, or it could be adoption. It could be feeding an orphanage. It could be going to rotate. It could be doing many different things. But let God tell you what those things are. And they also find worth in helping others. That's one of their, just like I said, everybody else has their weaknesses. The greatest factor that affects all these gifts, right, that helps us avoid all these weaknesses is the source. I'm going to close with this. The worship guys, you can, can, you can start coming up. I'll be on this for just a minute. So the number one area that matters most is how we started, which is the gift giver. And that is who our source has to be in all that we do. If Jesus isn't our source, we are going to see all those things. We're going to burn up. We're going to be manipulated in the gifts that we have to do things that we were never meant to do for a God that doesn't actually exist. Right? We are here following Jesus as much as and as all the areas that he wants us to. In 1 Peter 4, um, Kat read this. Let's, I'm gonna, let's read it. As each has a, received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of what? God's varied grace. It's not ours. Whoever speaks as one who speaks of oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that he supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified. Now when I say serves here, I'm not talking about the specific practical task we just covered. I'm talking about when you do whatever God's called you to do. Mercy, practically serving, leadership, prophetic words, whatever it is, every single gift has to be done with the strength that God gives. Because if it's done that way, the glory goes back to him. There is no other way that he gets the glory unless it's done with his source. We need to live a life that is surrendered to Jesus. The more surrendered our life is, the more glory he will get in the gifts that we, as we operate in our gifts. The point of these gifts is to point back to Jesus and not to us. Challenges, can we live with that? Can you live with not getting glory? Let our gifts be like a humble donkey that the king of glory can use to show his presence and glory. Our gifts, I don't want to say build a throne, I don't want that image, but in essence, our gifts are like that donkey. We don't get the glory, the donkey doesn't get the glory, but the person sitting on it does. Colossians 3, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Can we just bow our heads? I just wanted to just take a moment. I think sometimes in whatever our gifts are, and the busyness, and Kat's actually touched on this, and it, for me it's just been such an amazing picture of just God working throughout this whole day. We can lose sight of who it's all about. And I just wanted to just take a moment here. I want to pray for us, and then we're going to go into another song. There will be prayer partners in the back of the room who can pray with you as well. But let's just bow our heads, open up our hearts, maybe outstretch our hands, and just say, Lord, we are here for you.
like that song we sung and are going to sing again, nothing else matters but you. Lord, you've given each and every one of us gifts of varying degrees to do works that are different than each other. Unify us as one body, blessing one another and you as we work and do what you've called us to do. But let us never lose sight of the gift giver, you, Jesus. Empower us, Holy Spirit. Strengthen us as we go and do the work that you've called us to do. As we know you, it's out of the knowing you that we then get to go make you known. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name.